0: Thank you for listening to this message from Tree of Life Church. Our prayer is that it will be a blessing to you and that you will find it helpful for life. So open up your heart to receive God's word for you. Turn to your neighbor and I'm glad you're here tonight. Praise God. <laughs> a lot of laughter on that one. Man, I'm excited to be here tonight. It is a, it's an honor and a privilege uh, when Pastor Don asks uh, me to come and minister. And I, I uh, hold it in high esteem and honor. So I just want to say thank you uh, for having me come and minister. Uh, having someone fill the pulpit is not a light duty. I say this uh, a lot, we travel. We were in Fort Worth on Friday night, Buffalo, Texas on Saturday and Sunday morning, Palestine, Texas Sunday night. So we're traveling, we're ministering. We'll be going to Burma, uh, formerly known as Burma, South Asia, coming up here in April. So we're we're getting around, we're we're, we're ministering the gospel, but filling the pulpit for a pastor, uh, you can do a lot of good and you can do a lot of bad. (laughs) So it takes a, there's a lot of faith and trust in having somebody come and minister. And so we count it a great honor and it, it is home. Uh, I used to do what Cody did for three and a half years, so he does it a lot better than I am, and he's, he's doing really good, so it's, uh, it's really cool to see that. Uh, I like to start off with a couple jokes. I normally don't do this, but every time I preach here, I do, so I don't know what that's all about, but uh, it, it, if you follow me at all on Facebook or whatever, you probably have heard these before, but every time I think of them, it makes me happy, and uh, laughter doeth good like medicine, amen? So uh, there was this pastor, <clears throat> And uh, well, let, me, let me back up, I'm gonna hold that one to the last. So there was this uh, wife and, her, and, and she went up to her husband. She'd been looking in this uh, catalog and she found this beautiful dress. And so she went up to her husband and she said, oh baby, look at this dress, it's so beautiful. I mean, look at it, it's just gorgeous. He said, I know, but we just, we can't afford it right now. And so she's out running errands, she just couldn't help herself. She went by the department store and she tried it on and, and it just fits so good so she bought it. And she gets home and her husband's coming home from work and she just can't help herself. She walks out in the dress. She says, honey, what do you think? He said, I can't believe that you bought that dress. What are you thinking? And uh, she says, uh, I just, I had to have it so bad. I mean, the devil made me do it. He said, well, you should have told the devil to get me get behind me, Satan. And she said, I did, but he said, it looks good from back here too. (laughs) So, amen, amen. Here's the, here's the next joke, and we'll get into the word tonight. There was a pastor. It's late at night. He's in bed, and uh, they're they're just about to fall asleep. And all of a sudden, they hear this large, uh, heavy pound upon their, their front door. So the pastor gets up, droggy, kind of makes his way to the front door. He opens the front door, and there's a drunk man just just staggering there at the front door. And he says, and the pastor says, "What do you want?" He goes, "I need a push." He says, You need a push. He goes, I need a push. The pastor said, Get off my front porch. He turned off the porch light, slammed the door, and he made his way back to bed. The wife was laying there in bed. She said, Who was it? She goes, The pastor said, It was a drunk man. She said, A drunk man? He said, Yeah. I said, What did he want? He goes, I don't know. I slammed the door in his face. I told him to get off the front porch. And she said, Well, that wasn't very Christ like. He said, well, you're right, so he got back up, he shoveled his way back to the front door, flipped on the porch light, he opened the door, and he said, hey, mister, you still out here? He hears faintly in the distance, yeah. He goes, where are you? He goes, I'm sitting on the swing. So anyways, (laughs) hallelujah, praise God. (laughs) Good night, everybody, have a good night, thanks for coming. (laughs) Amen, amen, amen. Well, tonight I pray that the word of God gives you a push. I pray that it inspires you and encourages you to fulfill whatever it is that God has placed in your heart, amen? Let's pray. Father, we thank you for your word tonight. We thank you, God, that you watch over your word to perform it. God, it's the entrance of your word that gives light and understanding to the simple. God, that we hide your word in our heart that we do not sin against you. We thank you, Father, that you sent your word and you healed us. And so, Father, we thank you that you confirm your word Tonight with signs following that God as we leave here, we leave here changed for your honor and your glory in the name of Jesus, amen. Amen. One of my heart's desires as a minister as I preach the word of God is I like that as we minister the word of God that we put out the promises of God. I had two messages I was going to preach tonight and I was leaning towards the other one and then I heard the songs we heard and I thought, well, the Lord led me right, so But as a minister, my desire, my passion in ministering the word of God is connecting you to the promises that God has declared to you in his word. Many times we come to church and we hear the promises of God. We hear the, the declarations of the, of the word of God in our heart and we, de- we get excited, we get um, um, enthusiastic about what God has told us and declared to us in his word. And yet when we walk out the back doors, there's the missing link. How do I appropriate? How do I take exclusive possessions to the promises of God that he's declared in his word? How do I take them and actually start to walk in them? I'm not just seeing other people live in the word of God, but I'm actually seeing fulfilled in my life. In the Bible, if you have your Bibles tonight, Hebrews chapter six, I'm going to start here. This is just some simple faith preaching tonight. Amen. The faith comes by hearing, and hearing by the word of God. So the Bible says in Hebrews chapter 6 and verse 12, it says that you do not become sluggish, or in the margin of my Bible says lazy, but imitate those through faith and patience inherit the promises. Through faith and patience, we inherit the promises of God. What do we know about faith? I want to do a quick review. What do we know about faith? Where does faith come from? The Bible tells us in Romans chapter 10 and verse 17 that faith comes by hearing and hearing by the word of God. That it is something that is required as a necessity for our lives that we have a steady and constant diet of the word of God in our lives because it is the word of God that produces faith in your life and it is the hearing of the word of God that encourages the faith in your life. So faith comes by hearing and hearing by the word of God. The Bible says that uh, if you have faith a lot of times people say, well, you need more faith. Well, I don't know if I believe that because the Bible says that to each man in Romans chapter 12 and verse three, that to each man has been given the measure of faith. In other words, when you believe and you receive Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior, there is implanted in you by the Spirit of God, the faith of God to receive the promises of God. The Bible says that if you have faith the size of a mustard seed, that you would say unto this, uh, uh, this tree, be plucked up, be cast into the sea, and it should obey you. The Bible says, I'm quoting scripture, so uh, Mark 11, verse 22, it says, have faith in God or exercise that faith that has been given to you as a born again believer to uh, to its degree and quality that God has uh, given you in your spirit. So faith comes by hearing and hearing by the word of God. Romans uh, chapter 1 and verse uh, 17, it says in the B part of the verse, the just shall live by faith. You and I are called and required uh, as a believer to live by faith. Too many times in life, uh, people treat faith, I love this example, as a spare tire. We go through life and everything's good and everything's going well and all of a sudden you have a tragedy, you have a trial, you have a tribulation, something that comes and attacks the decision that you made to believe God. Mark chapter four says that uh, that the word is the seed of God. It is sown, the sower sows the word. The word goes forth and the Bible tells us that the devil comes immediately Distill that word. His job and his, his plan is that he would come in and he would take the word sown into your heart by the word of God, that he would come in and rob you of that. Why does he want to do that? Because if he can rob you of the word of God, he can rob you from living by faith and apprehending, appropriating the promises of God for your life. Them always being just elusively out in the future. The future always outside of your grip and outside of you possessing them and you walking in them. See, you come to church and you hear a message, uh, 1 Peter 2, 24, Isaiah 53, 5, that declares a promise that by Jesus' stripes, you are not waiting to be, not hoping to be, but that your body has to respond to the life of God that is on the inside of you. That promise is declared and you hear it and faith comes and you say, I receive my healing. Faith rises up on the inside of you. But what happens is is you walk through those back doors and as you're walking out, the devil does his job and he comes immediately to get you to step out of faith and start walking in a natural realm. All of a sudden you said, man, glory to God, I received my healing, my hip is healed. Yes, hallelujah. You walk out and the devil goes, no, it's not. It still hurts. Oh, in fact, it's getting worse. Oh, you better go to the doctor. And all of a sudden, what's he doing? He's trying to get you to prove Listen to this. He's trying to get you to prove your spiritual position with a natural manifestation. We do not, we keep Satan captive by keeping him in the spirit. He tries to hold you captive by pulling you into the natural. So the moment that in faith is a spiritual force. It is derived from the word of God. John chapter six and verse 63 says, the words that I speak to you, they are spirit and they are life. Your faith is being given to you for you to apprehend. I keep saying that to get you to receive the life that Jesus came to give you. Your job and my job is not to allow the devil to come and steal from you what God has already destined you to have through the death, burial, and resurrection of Jesus Christ. We are not waiting for the promises of God. We have them. The only reason that we are not living in them is because we are not taking God at his word. Hebrews says that God, uh, that God cannot lie. Probably the one is the greatest revelations that you can get about God is that God will not lie to you. We've been so conditioned by the, uh, the attitudes and the responses of men and broken contracts that we have a real hard time trusting people. But the Bible says in Numbers chapter 23, verses 19, that God is not a man that he should lie or a son of man that he should repent. If he said it, he'll do it. If he spoke it, it he will bring it to pass. That is Old Testament. All of that has been fulfilled and brought to fruition through Jesus Christ. That is who you are and who you live in, in Christ. Christ. So what is faith? But faith is not the spare tire that as you're cruising down the highway and all of a sudden you get a flat and you say, well, pull it over, pull pull, pull it over, get out, guess we got to get faith out of the trunk, put faith on there, we're just going to have to believe God. Has it really come to that? Oh my goodness, we're going to have to have faith in God. We put on our little pizza cutter, our little donut and we roll down the road until we can get to somewhere that is going to fix life and then we can take faith off and we put faith back in the tire, back in the trunk. But you and I are not called to occasionally visit faith. You and I are called to day in and day out live and roll on faith every single day. It is what causes you to bring in the promises of God into your life. There's two indications that you are in faith. How do I know if I'm living by faith? Number one is simply this that you're not moved by what you see, you're not moved by what you see. It is the response, and we're gonna get into this with patience, it is the response that you have when there's a trial and a tribulation. I remember Mandy and I, uh, a while back, I think it was last year, we were out on the road and and we were traveling and a friend of ours uh, uh, was watching our house and he called me. He said, Dustin, I walked in your house and almost passed out. I said, why, what happened? He said, man, it stinks so bad in your house. He said, I come to find out that it was your refrigerator. That was half of the problem. The other half of the problem was that we had gone to Costco before we left. I don't know what we were thinking, but we stocked that sucker, the freezer full of some meats and different things, and all of that had thawed, and it was just a a bouquet of beautiful smells when you walked in the house. But I remember my response to that report I said, man, it ain't no thing but a chicken wing. Come on, I was like, you know what, it's good. I was ready for a new refrigerator anyways. Glory to God, thank you, Jesus. I got excited about it. What is your response when there is opposition to your faith? When you make a decision, when hard times come, and they will come, the Bible tells you, in this world, you will have tribulation. But be of good cheer. Take courage. Take courage for I have overcome the world. What does 1 John chapter, First John chapter five and verse four says this, for whatever is born of God, are you born of God? If you have received Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior, you are born of God, whoever, for what? Whatever is born of God overcomes the world and this is the victory that has overcome the world, your faith. It is what you decide and make a decision that you are going to believe when everything fails around you. It's tough, it can be really hard, and there can be a lot of pressure, but when there is a consistency to what you've decided to be true, and you make a decision that I'm not going to waver, I'm not going to falter, I'm not going to allow the circumstances that I see dictate to me what I believe. Rather, I'm going to allow the word of God that has been spoken by God in my life to be the reality, the truth that I guide and walk and, per- and proceed in life, that I walk by. God said this to me one time. He said, Dustin, when you walk by faith, you are walking on the foundation of the universe. I think you could have got a little bigger amen at that because that was good right there. When you walk by faith, you are walking on the foundation of the universe. That which holds this whole thing, everything that we know to be true, everything that we know is held together by the word of God. The Bible says in Hebrews that the worlds were framed by the word of God. Your world is framed and put into place by the word that God declares to you and what you decide to believe. When we walk by faith, we are walking on the foundation of the world. Romans chapter four and verse 17 says, God who gives life to the dead and calls those things that do not exist as though they did. How do I know that I'm walking by faith, but when I respond in an attitude of faith to the trials and the circumstances that come into my life? Do you throw your hands out and go, pfft? I guess this is it. I guess it's over, man, I'll never get a break. It always goes this way, what are you doing? You are, let me say it this way. Step number two, how do I know that I'm in faith? That you begin to hook your speaker up to your believer. That you will not allow words that are contrary to the image that has been painted in your heart by the word of God. Without getting into this real deep, <clears throat> hope. The Bible says in First Corinthians thirteen, thirteen. Now these three: faith, hope, and love. Hope. The Bible explains hope as a fervent, uh, white-hot expectation. What is an expectation but a belief or mental picture? The Bible tells us in Colossians chapter one and verse 15 that Jesus, he is the image of the invisible God. So the word of God, Jesus, John chapter one and verse one, in the beginning was the word, the word was with God and the word was God. Verse 14, and the word of God became flesh and and dwelt among us and we beheld his glory full of grace and truth. Verse 18 says, no one has seen God at any time. But the son of God, it says something like this, that he declares or he has revealed God to us. Jesus, who is the word of God, is the image of God. Jesus said to his disciples, if you've seen me, you've seen the Father. So the word of God is your image producer. It is your hope. Romans chapter 15 says that, man, I am giving you guys a lot, a lot of word tonight. Slow down, buddy, I'm running out of ink over here. Get the CD, okay. I can't help, I'm telling you, I put so much in, it's like it just comes out, so. um, Buckle up. (laughs) But the word of God is your image producer. I'm gonna tie this all in at the end. The word of God is your image producer. So my question for you tonight is simply this, is what is the image that you have about your situation in your heart? What is the opposite of hope? Despair. What is despair? I can't see how this could change or I could come out of this. But we don't walk by sight, we walk by faith and not by sight. What do we do? We are moved by what the word of God says and the word of God, Romans chapter 15 is the verse I was giving you. Romans chapter 15 says that God, NLT version says that God is the source of hope. So the word of God is what gives you the ability to create an image on the inside of you to see something that no one else can see. Everything around you is going down the tubes, but you have an image. You have an expectation on the inside that says, no, there is going to, there's the outcome of this situation will be different than what you see because I have an image on the inside. Colossians chapter one says, this is God willed to, re- uh, turn, let me just turn there real quick. Y'all so glad you came tonight? Amen. All right. I'm dumping on you. I keep saying, I'm having fun. So I know it's a lot. Just (laughs) praise God. Look at uh, Colossians chapter one. Slow down, buddy. Just breathe a little bit. (laughs) Oh man. Did that guy drink a Red Bull? Holy cow. Okay, Colossians chapter one. Look at verse 27. To them, God will to make known what are the riches of the glory. Of this mystery among the Gentiles, watch this, which is Christ in you, the hope of glory or the image of glory. It's who you are in Christ. It is what God's word says about you in your situation. What does God say about your situation? Mandy, this, this, I studied hoped out like to the nth degree. I could preach on it and preach on it and preach on it because it's just, it's, it's, I always treated hope as something that was insignificant. Right, growing up, we'd, you know, you'd be at a, a church or something. People would come down front. You know, the pastor's excited about getting people healed, and and he, you know, people come down. What's wrong? sister? So "Oh, I got this problem in my neck." Well, do you believe that God can heal you? Well, I sure hope so. It don't come by hope; it comes by faith. So you know, you hear those kind of things. You're like, who needs hope? Throw that in the back. You know, we need faith. I'm going to show you here in a minute that now these three, faith, hope, and love, you have to have, I thought about it as I was studying this out, that we need to write on our mirrors, faith, hope, and love, and we need to do a tune-up, a check-up, and say, how's my faith walk? How's my hope? How's my love walk? Because as those three are operating in your life, you will walk in fullness to the promises that God has for you because I didn't say this but faith thrives on the impossible. When God speaks to you and he tells you something, you're like how can that happen? That's because he wants you not to, uh, to achieve it in your ability, he wants you to say no God, I can't see how it can happen but if you say it, I know you'll bring it to pass and I will stand here and I will believe you to bring it to pass. It thrives on the impossible. Hope being your image, it thrives on the invisible. Well, I can't see how that would happen. You need to get an inner image of who you are in Christ. Mandy and I do this all the time. My wife, I, I didn't introduce her. She wasn't, she's not here tonight. She's taking care of our almost seventh month old baby and we've been traveling, so we're laying him down, Mr. Ezra Mack. I think he's gonna be a linebacker. The guy's huge. I mean, he just he came out ten-seven. You know, I mean, just... I know you're looking at me like, wow, because I'm, I'm such a beast, you know? I haven't always been the man before you, <laughs> you know? But This guy, he's, just, he's huge, but we're letting him have some rest tonight. Uh, but uh, Mandy and I encourage each other always in this. We'll be driving along and things as we're walking by faith and living and we start to try to begin to you know, uh, uh, wonder about some things. We'll say, we need to check our hope. We need to check our image. Because when the M is secure on the inside here, it'll produce something that will cause you to rise up and not be moved by what you see. Turn to Acts, turn to Acts chapter 27. I'm gonna read these scriptures. If you didn't read your Bible today, you're getting your quota, (laughs) maybe for the week. Here we go, Acts chapter 27. Look at verse 20. It says, now when neither sun nor stars appeared for many days, and no small tempest beat on us, all hope that we would be saved was finally given up, which tells me this about the hope that is produced in your heart by the word of God. It can't be taken from you unless you surrender it or you relinquish it. The devil's gonna come and he's going to try to take it, but unless you surrender it or relinquish it, the image that is placed on the inside of you cannot be taken. I refuse, it's a decision of your will, I refuse to fear. I will not allow the doctor report, I will not allow the storm that's in my life try to dictate to me what God has said. I will stand here and I will not fear. Though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, I will fear no evil. Why? Because my God is with me. I will not fear. So all hope that we would be saved was finally given up, verse 21. But after a long abstinence from food, then Paul stood in the midst of them and said, men, you should have listened to me and not have sailed from Crete and incurred this disaster and loss. And now I urge you, take heart. How do I know I'm in courage? I'm sorry, how do I know that I have hope in my life? When there's the fruit of courage. What is courage? But the quality, listen to these words, the quality of your spirit to face opposition without fear. Hope will produce a quality of spirit on the inside of you. Quality. Think about that. You touch something. Is this made of quality? Is it cheap or does it have the ability to stand the test of time? Hope will cause you to have courage. Take heart. The quality spirit Spirit to face opposition without fear. Not that fear isn't present, but that fear has no voice in the conversation. It doesn't just disappear, it is still there trying to steal, kill, and destroy. But when there is a revelation of who you are in Christ, when there's an image on the inside, there'll be hope that is derived and it'll produce courage or the quality of spirit to stand there in the face of opposition and say, I will not fear Verse 22, it says, And now I urge you, take heart, for there will be no loss of life among you, but only the ship. For there stood by me this night an angel of God, to whom I belong and whom I serve. These are the words that Paul has derived, that he has received by the word of God being spoken to him. When he says, I, uh, to whom I belong, it is, a, it is an indication of his position in God. It is his, if you will, his sonship. I know whose I am. There is no question to me that I am Tom Martin's son. That's my dad. I know whose I am. You know, son, I brought you in this world. I'll take you out. That kind of, I know whose I am. There is a sonship, there is an understanding of my position and my placement in the kingdom of God because of who I am in Christ. He goes on to say I know whose I am and who I serve. It is a position of authority because to serve somebody there has to be submission and there is no authority without submission. So Paul is not standing here in his wishful thinking of, hey guys, just wish upon a star, we're gonna make it. No, this is a image that has been produced because of what God spoke to him and said there will be no loss of life. There may be loss of the ship, but because of who you are and who you serve, there will be life in this situation. He goes on to say, saying, do not be afraid, Paul. You must be brought before Caesar, and indeed, God has granted you all those who sail with you. Therefore, listen to this, take heart. Be of courage. Why, men? For I, here it is, I believe God. You're going to believe something. You are a created being designed to believe something. Something. You will either believe the lie of the enemy that will bring defeat in your life or you will believe the truth of God's word that will liberate you into the fullness of what God has. But you are going to believe something. You cannot get away from believing. Well, I just don't believe there is a God. That in itself is a belief. You're going to believe something. My decision, my hope, my prayer for you is that when it comes time, when there is a great storm in your life, that you make a decision that I am going to believe what God has said, the truth of God's word, the highest realm of authority, the word of God and not the situation. But here's what I want you to see. This doesn't come just because in a moment you're like, you, you find yourself again in, in a time of difficulty. And you're like, okay, I'm gonna believe God. No, this is something that you meditate in the word of God day and night, Meditating in the word of God day and night. Meditating in the word of God day and night. What are you doing? You're allowing the word of God to paint an image on the inside of you that is constantly being refreshed, constantly being renewed, constantly being re- renewing your mind to who you are and what God has said about you so that when the trial comes, how do I know that I'm in faith? My response to it will be one of thanks being the God who always causes me to triumph. Thanks being the God who leads me into victory. It'll be an attitude of praise and thanksgiving, no matter what happens. Not thanking God for the problem, but thanking God because you're going to overcome the problem. Therefore, last verse, take take heart, for I believe God that it will be just as it was told me. Last verse, listen to this. I didn't get into uh, patience tonight, but that's okay. <clears throat> Hebrews chapter 11, verse one. Now faith is the substance or the title deed. I almost brought my title to my car tonight. There is no dispute that that 2003 Honda Element belongs to me. All 218,000 miles. You can come up and you can say, that's my car. I don't know why you would, but if you just you know got a hankering for it, you could come up and we could have a dispute. But all I would have to do is take that title deed into the courtroom, show the judge, and it, the discussion, the argument would be over. Faith is the title deed to the hope or the image on the inside of you. Now faith is the substance of things hoped for. The evidence of things not seen. How do we appropriate the promises of God? By faith in the word of God and the image that the word paints in our hearts. So I ask you tonight, your circumstance, your situation, where you are, if you close your eyes, how do you see yourself in that situation? Do you see yourself succeeding? Do you see yourself thriving? Do you see yourself healthy and whole? Do you see yourself blessed? Or do you see yourself barely coming to the fullness of what God has for your life? How do you see yourself? It'll give you a checkup of what you need to do, which means you need to get into the word of God and allow it to paint the picture. Because listen to this, faith will grab what hope sees. If you're, I didn't get into love too, I had some stuff on love, but 1 Corinthians 13, verse 13. Now these three, faith, hope, and love. Faith grabs what hope sees and love has given. Faith grabs what hope sees and love has given. The idea to patience is simply this, is that in the trial and the circumstance, Patience is simply this, your consistency and your constant attitude in the moment where God's word is concerned. Patience isn't tolerating the problem, it's staying consistently and constantly the same about what God says about the situation. Through faith and patience, an image on the inside painted by the word of God, we will inherit the promises of God. We hope that you enjoyed this message.